Jesus. Morning. Morning. I'm thankful to the board and Pastor Tim for giving me the opportunity to share on my uh, last day here. Um, it's going to be an emotional, tough day for us, but uh, it's going to be a good day. Kids are dismissed to Children's Church. We've got to do that. If you're ages 5 to 12, you can go to Children's Church. Um, Christy is uh, jokingly referred today as Super Bowl Day. So in response to Super Bowl Sunday, so we got a little picture up here she made. So, so but it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be all right. Um, uh, you're going to hear from our uh, family today. Um, Callie's got a few words that she's written and she'll share a little bit later. Uh, Christy wrote a few verses to a song that's familiar, but uh, she's going to be uh, singing those with, with some of the worship team. And then uh, our son Keaton, for the last month or so, has been in Japan traveling with a group called Heart Global, and he'll be there until early April. Um, but uh, he uh, sent a video of the group that he's with singing a song. It's a little over a minute long. Um, and so he's going to be, you're going to get to see him uh, in that at the end of the service. And so um, it's good to see so many uh, uh, packed youth rows and then former youth here, some of our neighbors and, and friends, and this is just uh, a special day. And uh, as I pondered and prayed about what to preach about on, on the last day, I was struggling for a while, but then I was uh, going through and cleaning out stuff in my office, and I'm looking through my notebooks, and uh, I, I came across something that I had shared a, a small port, part of this uh, last uh, summer out at the Roffer's house. At uh, they had a revival on the River Day with worship and preaching, and it was a it was a fun day, and uh, it just jumped out to me. And so um, there's going to be some that's uh, if you were there, it might be a little familiar, but I've dug deeper into this uh, passage and and. Uh, uh, and I believe it's something that's going to be fresh and relevant for each of us today. Uh, but before we dig into uh, what we're going to read, I want to uh, give you a little insight into the author. It's one of the Psalms, and uh, most people believe that a lot of the Psalms were written by King David, which is very accurate and true, but there were also other people that wrote uh, some of the Psalms. There's 150 of them. And uh, there's a guy in there named Asaph, and Asaph uh, wrote 12 of those Psalms, 12 of the songs, 12 of the books of Psalms. And uh, just a, a little background on him, he's not not, uh, seen a lot in the Bible, but we can read about him in First and Second Chronicles in the Old Testament. And he lived during the, the reign of King David. And uh, just giving you a little paraphrase up on the screen here in First Chronicles, it tells us that he was one of the men that David assigned to lead and minister in music. He was a part of the worship team that David assigned to the temple. He was a Levite, and the Levites uh, were most commonly the priests, the, the spiritual leaders of the people of Israel in that time, and Asaph was uh, assigned that by King David. In uh, a few chapters later in First Chronicles, it tells us that uh, he played the symbols as the Levites led the people in worship. And he was part of leading worship daily is one of his assignments. And then in Second Chronicles uh, 29, it says that he was also referred to as a seer. 
And a seer in this context could be a prophet or someone who received visions from God. And so he was a man of God. He was a worship leader. Much like on our stage, we had Amy and Joe and Abigail and at times Nathan and Catherine. And they, were, they would be in, in essence like Asaph. And so uh, I, my mind went a little crazy and, and imagination a little bit when I was reading through this. And I imagined, you know, King David was a musician, right? He played the harp and he played and he sang and he did all these things. And I imagine Asaph and David maybe getting a little band together, a worship team together. And David playing the harp and, and Asaph playing the cymbals. And they would jam together and they'd play music together. This isn't in the Bible and my imagination, again, is just going through this. But what a fun uh, position he was in. Uh, but, they, but Asaph, his, his psalms, his songs in, in the book of Psalms aren't necessarily known as the upbeat, clappy music like uh, some of that we did today. He was more known as a, a lamenter, somebody who would, would look at life and the pains, the struggles, the difficulties, and I, I kind of refer to it as like the blues. He would sing about the blues, and that's what we're going to read today. One of the psalms that he, he wrote that we could say is about the blues. And so we're going to dig into it. So it's on the overhead, the, the Psalm 73. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. But I read out of the New Living Translation. And so, oh, I'm going to have to read this up there. I miss that. So I'm going to have to turn around. It says, truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They, they're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. This is an uplifting song, don't you think? Man, just look at how hard this is. Look at the struggle, look at the pain, my foot almost slipped, I almost fell. And yet he compares himself to, in this sense to the, to the godless, the people who don't have a faith in God. And, and he, he sees them, some of the words he uses in there, they're, they're, they're uh, arrogant, they're godless, they're, uh, they're envious. And, and so he sees their blessing, he sees their ease, he sees their strength and their health and the wealth that they get to enjoy and and he's like, how can this be? They're, in some of the other words he used, they're rude, they're cruel, they're harsh, they're prideful, they're wicked. How can this be? I'm trying to live a God-honoring life and, and I'm struggling, I'm hurting, and yet these guys that I see, these people I see, they're, they're, they're not living a God-honoring life and yet it looks like they're so blessed. You ever feel that way? 
You're not alone. I've felt that way. I've felt that way. I look at my life and I try to live for and worship the Lord. I try to do the right things. I'm not perfect at it. Uh, But so many times it seems like the results are pain and difficulty, struggle and trouble, right? It doesn't make sense. How does the ungodly, the unbeliever, appear to live a better life than the godly? How is it that the believer is the one who faces the struggle and the trouble? How is it? it it's not uh, what Asaph, I, I would say, thought he signed up for. I'll be honest, part of why I, I choose to follow Jesus in his ways is because of the blessings that I thought I was signing up for. Part of the... I was supposed, they were supposed to come with the decision of, of giving my heart and life to Jesus. The joy, the peace, the hope, the freedom, the victories, the life and life more abundantly are what I thought I was signing up for. And we can get so discouraged when we find that uh, the life with Jesus also includes the pain, the suffering, the trouble, the conflict, the struggle, the storms, the obstacles, and on and on and on. And we wonder... What is going on here? And so I, this is my big question from what I read in there. I just, as at the very end of what uh, he wrote, he's like, how is this to be? And, and my question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth living for Jesus? Is it worth following his ways? Is it worth living according to the ways that, that this book says? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And you got to come to that decision. By the way, I, I had to read off the screen. I forgot to print out my uh, verses. And this past year, I've started needing, needing reading glasses when I read this Bible. And so I've been, uh, I forgot to print it out. But is it worth it? We ask this question every day. Is it worth getting out of bed? Is it worth going to the bathroom right now? Is it worth showering? Is it worth going to work? Is it worth having that conversation? Is it worth uh, doing this? Is it worth doing it? Is it worth buying a carton of eggs? Is it worth filling your vehicle with gas? Is it worth that trip? Is it worth it? We ask this question every day. We, we, we ask it often. And that, to be honest, it's just, is, it, is it worth being honest? Is it worth... Uh, continuing to trust Jesus is all, is all I get is pain and suffering or as it appears to be. Is it worth trying to live a pure life? Is it worth avoiding all the things that the word of God tells me I should avoid? Is it worth it? The decision we each need to come to terms with so whether it or not it's worth living for Jesus. Is it worth living according to his ways, the word of God, the best we can? Is it worth spending time reading the book, the good book, the Bible? Is it worth putting your, putting your energy into that? Is it worth spending time in prayer communicating with the Lord? Is it worth going against the flow of society and culture? Is it worth living, talking, and behaving differently than the people around us, whether they be family, friends, neighbors, coworkers? Is it worth missing out on different experiences that others seem to be enjoying and indulging in? And as I've pondered this, you know, I've been a youth pastor for almost 24 years this spring, and working with students has been a great joy. 
But I see students that have grown up in church struggle with this question the most. This is just my observation. I'm not declaring this as fact or whatever. But people that have grown up in painful situations, maybe in drugs or alcohol, addiction, abuse, when they find Jesus, they know what the other side looks like. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't grow up with the, a lot of pain, not a lot. I grew up in a poor home, struggling that way, but I didn't grow up with abuse and neglect and, 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 and tons of addictions. But students that, that do don't know what the other side is, looks like. And they see friends seemingly enjoying this or doing that and being a part of this, and they question, is it really worth living for Jesus the way my parents, youth pastor, church has told me? And they start testing, which is normal. Test and see. They, they look, is it worth drinking? Is it worth drugs? Is it worth the sexual experiences and encounters? Is it worth what everybody looks like and says is fun? And I've seen so many students, whether during their high school or college years, start testing and seeing. Is it really worth living for Jesus? And, and I'm okay with testing and, and really knowing, but there's such a danger. And students, high schoolers, just hear this. Sin entangles so much stronger than you will ever realize. If you want to test drugs, you want to test alcohol, you want to test sexual experiences, just to see what they're like, you might end up getting entangled and staying so much longer in it they're maybe never getting out of it. Because sin entangles, that's the word, word, word of God says. The sin that so easily entangles. And just because you wanted to test it, you wanted to see what it was like, you're going to end up harming and hurting yourself and getting involved and in, in stuck in the stuff that you're not going to get out of maybe. That's why the Bible talks about the prodigal son. Somebody who had to see, is it better away from the father? Is what the world has better? Is it worth living at my father's home? And I got to tell you, it is. It's worth it. Some of the promises, these are just a couple, some of the promises to those that live for the Lord. There truly is a reward for those who live for God. And you have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. There's a blessing that comes with living for Jesus. Sometimes we can't avoid the pain, the suffering, the struggle, but there's, there's so many God things that can happen in the midst of those. Now some would argue and say that living for and following Jesus has brought them nothing but harm and pain. So what's the difference? Well, there's a big difference. It's called eternity. It's called eternity. This earth, this, this time on earth is just like a snap of the fingers compared to the time of eternity. And I would rather miss out on everything this world has to offer than to miss out on heaven and spend the time with Jesus for all of eternity. And so that's the difference. Heaven and hell are real. They're eternal places. It's hard to fathom, but I just we got to understand the best that we possibly can or we're going to miss out in eternity with Jesus if we don't focus 
and are somewhat worried about our time on this earth and how we live it and that we're trying to please the Lord. What are some of the promises? I believe these are just a couple promises that talk about uh, what God can do despite the pain, the suffering. Psalm 71:20. You have allowed me to suffer hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. And this has been one of my favorite for years. And we know that God causes everything to work together, becomes a partnership with God. For the God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes for them. Asaph wrestled with the reality of living in a fallen world. At times it looked like things were backwards or upside down. It may look like the unbeliever has no regard for the living God and his ways and they're prospering and they're living a better life than you. That may or may not be the case. They may have it all in this world but this life is all that they'll have. For those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and doing our best to live for Him, you may not see it now, or you're in a dark or hard season. You might not see how it's worth living for Jesus, but at the end of this life, when you see Him face to face, you're going to see why it was worth it. You and I would not be who we are either without the pain, the suffering, the hardship, the struggle, or the adversity we face. Your faith wouldn't be what it is. Your testimony wouldn't be what it is. Your wisdom wouldn't be what it is. Your understanding wouldn't be what it is. And you wouldn't be you without what you've been through. And... And so, has it been worth it? Maybe, maybe not for your life. But I've looked back on my life and I've had to undoubtedly say, he's been worth it. He's been worth it. doesn't matter how hard, how lonely, how disappointing moments and seasons of life has been, I still continue to believe that it's worth it. It's worth it. Callie's going to come and share a letter that she wrote. She's a good writer. And uh, it's kind of a time for her to reflect on her years. Okay. Dear Marinette, I'm writing you this letter in a half-empty yet full room, empty in the aspect that most of my belongings are packed up in boxes, not going to be opened until we arrive at our next undecided home, but yet it's filled with 15 years of growth, change, and memories. Each item I pick up and put into a box reminds me of just a tiny moment amongst the many I've added up over my time living here. And I just wanted to take a moment to step away from packing up my life and unpack the memories I've made up to this day. Since living in Marinette, I've fallen in and out of love, gained some friends and lost lots. I've learned an abundance of things that I shouldn't do and the things I should be doing instead. I've gone through depression. I've gone through deaths of people I love. I finished high school and dropped out of college temporarily. I shot my first deer and caught my personal best walleye. The list goes on and on, yet I still want more. I've rearranged my room probably a million times. I have a set route to drive when I'm sad. I have a usual order at hometown that everyone there knows. I know that when I go to TJ Maxx every other day, Nancy is going to be there. <laughs> I go to Walmart with my friends at night for entertainment, and although I've been doing these things for years, my heart is wanting something else, something different. 
When my dad first told me we were going to be moving by the end of April, it felt as if my whole world was falling apart. All those years, all those memories were just going to be thrown away and go to waste. But what I'm feeling right now in this moment is that a door is opening for more. Yes, every part of me is going to grieve the loss of my childhood home and my hometown friends, but I believe that God is going to put me somewhere where I can grow even more than I have here and let me find new things that will fill me even more than the things I already have. I give credit to Marinette, the people and experiences over the past 15 years because that's the reason I am, I am who I am. I wouldn't have wanted to grow up anywhere but this boring Midwestern hillbilly town. <laughs> but I feel as though I'm wanting to experience more than what this town can give me. And although this was an unfortunate thing that had to come up for my family and I, I'm trusting that God will lead our family to a place where I can experience it more and where we can thrive. God has brought me through so much since I was a child. In church, I went from nursery to King's Kids to girls' ministries and to youth group. In life, I went from innocent to making mis mistakes to learning and moving forward. That's all part of life, moving forward, even when things are hard, but still adapting to find things along the way, even in those tough seasons, to help you thrive. Sometimes life gives you a hand of cards you don't want, and you're dealt with some that you wouldn't have picked for yourself. But that's all part of the game. You move forward and make moves with what you got. So in this situation, I'm asking God to give me eyes to see how I should move forward. I'm asking him to do the impossible for our family and to provide us with opportunities that will push us and help us grow as our lives continue. I want what's best for us and what's best for Calvary. So although I'm heartbroken about leaving this body of people and lifelong friends that I've made over the past 15 years, I want you to thrive through the difficulties and move forward seeking what God's purpose was for all of this. I don't think it's ever easy when changes enforced. In about three months, I'll be living somewhere completely different, and we have no clue where or what that looks like yet. But it's all something you have to allow God to work through and trust him along the process. Romans 8.18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. I believe this for myself and my family, and I also believe this for Calvary. Even though it hurts, even though it's hard, we know that he makes beauty from ashes. He always has, and he always will. going to have the, the worship team and Christy come on up as we get ready to kind of close. But I want to end with this. A few years ago, I was at a conference and the speaker was talking about uh, living a life for Jesus. And uh, he used an illustration that really struck me and I went home and uh, I did what he, he had said. And he said, Living for Jesus is somewhat like signing a blank contract with somebody. It's blank. You don't know what he's going to ask of you. You don't know what each day holds. You don't know what each season holds. But are you going to sign it and say, God, I trust you. God, no matter what comes my way, are you going to do your best to live for, for me? Are you going to follow me? Are you going to honor me? And I went home and I got a piece of paper and I, I, I wrote my name at the bottom and we were still at the Kearney properties when this was happened, when our church was meeting there and I, I, I pinned it on my wall just as a reminder of the decision, the commitment that I have made to Jesus. 
some in this room haven't made that commitment to Jesus. Some in this room have never experienced the freedom and love and forgiveness of Jesus, and you can today. Some in this room have been someone who's experienced the love and freedom and life of Jesus, but you've walked away for a season. You can always come back. You can always come back. And no matter how many years you've been living for Jesus, you can, you can sign a contract with him. You can make that commitment that says, God, the remaining days of my life, you do with me whatever you want, whatever you desire. That's a tough commitment because we don't know what we're signing up for. We don't know what he may ask. We don't know what he's going to maybe lay on your heart to do and what he may ask you to give and who he may ask you to go talk to or whatever. But those are decisions you can make today. And you can start today. And so if you would just join me in, in prayer, if you'd close your eyes and allow God to just speak to your heart in these moments. If you're here today, you say, I have never made a decision to trust and follow Jesus with my life, but today I'm feeling something inside of me. I'm feeling the presence of God just kind of tapping on my heart and asking if I would open the door and let him in. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I can see who you are and I'll pray with you this morning? Anybody else? It's wonderful. Or if you're somebody that's here and you've you used to live for Jesus, you'd let him in, but you've somehow walked away. Today, you can walk back and say, Jesus, I need you again. I need you fresh. I need you to come and touch me. Would you forgive me of walking away, and would you, would you help me to honor you and live for you? You can make that commitment today as well. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if that's you, just just. In your heart and in your mind, just repeat this. Say, dear Jesus, I'm coming to you. I realize that life is, is nothing without Jesus in it. It may be hard, it may be difficult, but he is worth it. And today I ask you to come in and cleanse me of my sins, to wash them away, to wash away the guilt, the shame, and the pain. Lord, for you to come in and make me a new person. And Lord, that you would help me the remaining days of my life to live in a way that honors and pleases you. I need your help to do that. And so, Lord, come inside of me and live in my heart and my life. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Amen. We've got one last thing before Christy's going to share a song. I've got little postcards up here. Little postcards. And like my sheet of paper, you can make that commitment to Jesus too. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a minister to make a commitment to Jesus that says, Jesus, whatever you want from my life, I want what you want. You can be, you, and you don't have to be young to do this. You just got to follow Jesus and have a desire to follow him. And so I've got these postcards, and this is just a reminder. I went home and I did that piece of paper, and I put it on my wall to remind me when life got hard, when life got difficult, when something painful or frustrating happened, that I could look at that piece of paper and say, God's with me. I'm trusting him. 
I'm trusting him. And so today, I've just got these up here. If you want to come and grab one, here's what you can do. You can put in your Bible. You can take this home and sign up, put in your Bible. You can put it on your mirror, on your dresser, on your wall, on your fridge, at your workstation, at work or whatever, just as a reminder to say, God, I'm making a commitment. God, you're worth it, no matter what life throws at me. And so... I'm going to give a few moments. This is just a step of faith, a step to come out. If you want to grab one, there's paper all across the front here. Come and grab one. If you want to make that commitment to say, Jesus, I'm all into whatever you want. I trust you with it, and I want to follow you. All right, would you stand with me as we close in prayer? And we got a final worship song to go out to, and then we'll set up for, uh, for a meal. And so let's pray with me. Jesus, I just love you today. I thank you for your goodness and your love and for all that you've done. Lord, we thank you for the friendships, for the relationships, and Lord, for the many memories of, Lord, not just enjoying each other, but enjoying your goodness and enjoying your freedom and enjoying your victory. Lord, today I pray a blessing, Lord, over each one. Lord, those that prayed this morning to, Lord, let you into their hearts or return, God, to a relationship with you, God, or those that just came and grabbed a, a little postcard just to say, Jesus, I trust you with my life and with all the plans, all the dreams, all the days moving forward till I spend them in eternity with you. Lord, may you bless, Lord, each one. Lord, we, we just want to honor you and please you. We want to glorify you, Lord. We want to, Lord, keep answering that question. Is it worth it, Lord, with a resounding yes, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, it's worth living for the Lord. And so we honor and bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that the board come forward, and uh, Pastor Renee is going to join us at the front. I'm going to ask that the uh, Mike and Christy and Callie could come forward so that uh, the board, Connie, will lead us in a prayer, a blessing over them. And Pastor Mike, real quick, before we forget, would you give those instructions that I was supposed to give? That I would forget. Uh, when we uh, tear down tables, there's going to be a screen on or chairs, uh, how they want it set up. And in between the tables, just leave about a half-inch gap so tablecloths can get in between. That's what the ladies have asked. Thank you. End to end, he means, yeah. Amen. Would you extend your hands this way to release a blessing? I'm going to speak a blessing over Mike and Christy and Callie and Keaton based on Genesis 49. It's a blessing that, part of the blessing that Jacob called when he called for his sons and said, gather around so that I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. And Pastor Mike and Christy, I proclaim over you some of what Jacob spoke over Joseph on that special day. May the Lord... God of your Father, help you. May the Almighty bless you with the blessings of heavens above and the blessings of the watery depths below and the blessings of the breasts and womb. May you be a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine by a well, your branches running over the wall. 
And may your arms of your hands be made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. By the God of your father, who will help you. And by the Almighty, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above. Blessings of the deep that lies beneath. Blessings of the breast and the womb. The blessings of your father have excelled in the blessings of all blessings to give you favor and success in the ministry that he has called you to do in this next season of your life in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Connie? So, Father, we praise you for the spirit leadership, the servant leadership that you've provided through Pastor Mike and Christy during their tenure at Calvary Church. The countless lives they've touched, and you can see them all here right now. What a beautiful sight you guys are, so thank you. Continue to hear that word and know it, and to just take it with you. Pastor Mike's sermon was beautiful. Carry that card with you. It will be a reminder to you when you're 60 and 70 years old, the, the, the blessing that Pastor Mike and Christy placed in your lives at such a young age. So thank you for being here. Thank you, church, for your love and your joy. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for this growing of the kingdom as we see here today, this growing in the kingdom of these young lives that are here. Thank you for that. We just ask, Lord, that you pour out your favor and guide Pastor Mike and Christy and Callie and Keaton, and you bless them with your wisdom, your strength, that you're, you um, provide them peace in this journey ahead. And we thank you for the gifts that you've placed in them and their great desire to share them so abundantly, so abundantly. Be that abundance. Carry that with you. And we give you all praise and honor. And it's interesting because this whole, um, the last part of my prayer that I wrote out, it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, and I'm going to go ahead and pray a blessing on the food before everyone leaves. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this food that is being brought before us. Thank you for all those who have so generously given of their time and their help to make this available. We thank you for all the people that are here that will help set up the tables and decorate them and for the creativity that you will see on the tables and all the hours that have gone in. We just give you praise, Lord, for this time of fellowship and blessing um, on this food. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And we'd, 